0: Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. W Podcast, hosted by Princess and Lo. Welcome back to another episode of The W Podcast. I am half of The W Podcast. Princess here with my co-host, Lo. How are you
1: today? I'm good. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of The W Podcast. And we have a very special treat for everybody today. We do.
0: We have our third interview ever and our first interview of 2018 with a very special player from the WNBA. She was selected 23rd overall by the Washington Mystics in 2011 WNBA draft. She is a WNBA champion with the 2012 Indiana Fever and is now a veteran forward with the Dallas Wings. Please welcome to the show, everybody, Karima Christmas Kelly.
2: Hi, everyone.
0: Hey, (laughs) how are you, Karima? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. How about y'all? Good, good. Um, you had to brave that Atlanta traffic, <laughs>
2: yeah every day now.
0: <laughs> no, that was stressful for you, so we're just going to talk a little bit about your off season. So what are you up to down in Georgia, other than the traffic, how are you enjoying life and how are you enjoying the off season now?
2: um yeah, I've been just really just working on my master's. Um, I started that last year, so just taking a couple more courses. Um, I've been doing an internship with Georgia Tech, Women's basketball. So this is actually my last week. My last day is tomorrow because um, I'm actually going to go play in Dubai for a month. Ooh. So, yeah, I've kind of just been relaxing, just getting my body, you know, rested for the next season and just trying to take it easy and then get some work done as well.
0: Well, how long is the season going to be with your Dubai team? Because usually, you know, everyone leaves right after the WNBA season is over, but you waited a little while, like you said, for your master's program and your internship. So how long is this season going to be? Are you going to be back in May or before May?
2: Well, actually, it's just going to be a little over three weeks, so I'll be back in February and be good to go after that, just training again while I'm at home, but they're just doing a UAE championships, so it's a couple of games, and I'll just be able to soak it all in while I'm there. For your master's, what
0: program are you in right now?
2: Um, for sports management. Okay,
0: great. So that's setting you up, of course, probably for your second career after, so how is your internship right now kind of aligning with your sports management?
2: um really really well actually because i want to get into college administration so you know it was perfect to go that route and be able to do it with georgia tech because i obviously i played against coach um joseph for a while while i was at duke so had that connection prior to asking about the internship and she was able to get me in and the WNBA has able to been a partner with it so it's been really good to see that side of um, the sports world
0: awesome well, congratulations on your intern the completion of your internship finishing- <laughs> We hope you have a safe trip out to Dubai. Um, And that kind of takes us into our first topic because, of course, you know, you have spent some time overseas. Last year, you were in Italy um, playing down there. Um, And so we just wanted to know a lot of the buzz, of course, has been around, you know, WNBA players having to go overseas to, you know, supplement income and, you know, make a living because, you know, the what you get paid is so much higher there. And um, Odyssey Sims recently tweeted about it, kind of caused a firestorm on social media. Kathy Pondexter went on um, Kevin Garnett's Area 21 and talked about it as well. So, you know, as a player rep for the Wings, for the, uh, you know, WBA Players Association, what are some of the conversations y'all have had about changing that situation and keeping the players here in the off season?
1: Just, just, just a disclaimer, mm-hmm. this is a very safe space here on this podcast. So feel free to speak exactly how you feel about any topic. <laughs> okay.
2: All <laughs> right. I, mean, yeah, I think it's something we always have conversations about, you know, just when will we finally break through and, you know, be in a space where we can only play in the, in the WNBA and that be enough. But obviously that's something that's going to take time. And yeah, we want it right away, but at this point, we're kind of just trying to push through as much as we can and, you know, if we do have to go overseas, we just want to make sure that we're safe when we're out there, you know, still performing at the high, at a high level, but in the same token, still trying to take care of your body while you're out there as well. And just knowing, you know, what you can and can't do and how to kind of gauge that while you're overseas. But it's definitely a conversation we're always having and we're continuing to grow that conversation. It's just a matter of how we can get it executed as quick as possible.
1: What are some ways that you think the league or, or even others outside the league, so whether it be brands that the league partners with or media what are some things that maybe you would like to see differently in order to increase exposure that might turn into dollars that can you know then come back to your pockets
2: I, I think just people being open to WNBA players you know being ambassadors for their products I think I think you know when we think about WNBA players we only see you know some people being sponsored by Nike some people being sponsored by Adidas and that's almost the, f- the furthest of the extent of us being showcased on that level. And I think just people having faith in the product that we put out on the court, as well as what the NBA puts out on the court is something that I think more people should be open to. Because I think, you know, our product is just as, as good as the NBA, but we don't have the same opportunities.
0: How big is it for you or, or just how, you know, how much responsibility, but how much do you accept that responsibility and being the liaison for the Players Association, for Dallas, and and having that representative, you know, in you to kind of be the liaison between the association and the players?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really big for me because I've always been the person that kind of shied away from talking and, you know, being in the spotlight or, you know, wanting to voice my opinion. So having that platform and knowing that, you know, they take what we say into consideration has been big for me. And just me being able to just voice my concerns and the concerns of my teammate, you know, that's pretty big just – so that everybody can know you know how every team feels because it's not going to be the same across the board for every team so just being able to have that voice and let everyone know and be that person to do that is something that's really big for me and personal
1: i know you mentioned dubai i just want to go back to you playing overseas um in addition to dubai you also played in italy so i want to know what was your experience like playing overseas and um would you go back to that italian team and are there any regions of the world or countries or teams that you will love to play for in the future Mm.
2: um yeah i definitely i had a a great experience i mean most of the places i go i've had a great experience because the players are very welcoming overseas um in south korea too i still have you know a lot of friends that i'll talk to throughout their seasons and watch their games while i'm at home so it's always a good experience and i always have you know a few friends that i keep up with wherever i've been um somewhere i think i want to play Actually, I mean, now Dubai, I didn't even think that was going to be possible. So when they called, I was like, yeah, I want to see Dubai. I want to play in Dubai. So that's, you know, checking something off my bucket list. And I know a lot of people in my inner circle is very excited. They wish they could come with me like right away. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's one of the places and maybe, you know, somewhere, I
1: would say maybe in Spain. I think that's an interesting place to go to. Seems like a great place. Speaking of inner circle... Your inner circle kind of expanded a little bit last year. (laughs) You got married. Congratulations, Miss Christmas Kelly. (laughs) Um, So talk about married life. What has it been like for you so far, you and your husband? And, uh, you know, playing overseas and playing in the WNBA and having such a crazy traveling schedule, how do you and your husband find the balance and keeping your relationship fresh and alive and not letting distance or the the, the hectic, the hecticness of your schedule getting away. Yeah. Um, I mean, I
2: think now at this point, I guess we're just kind of used to it. We've been together, together for 10 years. So it's been, oh, so he's, yeah, okay. he's kinda <laughs> it now, but it's funny that now that I actually have a break, he's like, you know, maybe you should do this more often. Just take a break in the off season and you'll be at home because <laughs> I'm never at home. So it's like strange to actually see me when he comes home. But I mean, yeah, we're just, we're going with the flow. We've been, like I said, we've been together for so long. So it's just kind of like a formality now, just saying, oh, we're married. But a lot of people are just like, you guys are, you guys have been married. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he's one of my biggest supporters. So just, you know, um, having the, the world know that, you know, I'm married to the person that I really and truly love and supports me in anything that I do it's it's been a great feeling and i hopefully we can just continue this process and just you know continue my love for the game and his love for me playing the game it's just it's an amazing connection and just having that person in your corner i think you know has helped me out a lot especially in the league and being away just knowing that i have him to come back home to and i mean i get a little little <laughs> I don't want to start getting emotional, but yeah, he's. Been I a- told
1: you to say space, girl. <laughs> Gonna cry, cry. <laughs> this is the place to do it.
2: Yeah. yeah, so he's helped me a lot. You know, I trained with him in the off season. You know, we have a really strong connection, so it's just been great. Our wedding was, you know, one of the milestones in our lives, and just being able to share it with a lot of you know my teammates and family members from all over. So it's just it was a really great experience and. I mean, everybody's already talking about going back for our anniversary, so it's like a big deal. You know, everybody wants to bask in that moment again and, and relive those moments we shared, you know, in St. Martin.
1: Oh, that's where you got married. That's yeah. a nice island.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of family in the island. Most of my family's from the island. So we decided to do it down, down there so a lot of people could come easier than coming to the States.
1: Right, right. Um, Planet Pearson a very familiar person to everyone who's a fan of the league was also in your wedding. So talk about how that friendship came to be what it is now. And um, also what are your thoughts on her winning a championship in her final year and kind of capping off such an amazing career that she's had? Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. Planet is just an awesome person. Um, I think we actually met like maybe three years ago. I always knew of her, you know, Played against her a lot overseas, but we have the same agent. So sooner or later, that relationship was going to be formed. We're always going to kind of run into each other. And she actually lives in Atlanta, too. So we've been able to spend a lot of time together um the last couple years. But, yeah, she's, she's a really great friend. And, yeah, I couldn't be uh, more proud of her in the way that she's been able to go out in retirement and just seeing, you know, everything she's done for the league and the player she is. And going out that way, I wouldn't want it any other way for her. Because she's meant so much to the league and to me as a player. So, yeah, I I really appreciate Lynette and everything she's done and, you know, her being in my life.
1: Nice,
0: nice. So I was recently stalking your Instagram. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I saw that you got your jersey retired at your high school, Dolby High School in Houston, Texas um and i noticed something that you had number 13 in high school you had number 13 in college you had to take a break from 13 i think you had to share it with uh Aaron phillips i think
2: yeah
0: t- <laughs> and now you have 13 again in dallas so what's the significance of that number 13 or just why have you held on to it for so long
2: uh, it was the first number i ever chose um i think because cynthia cooper was number 14 so i wanted to be like one number b- below her but then as I chose that first number, I remember somebody telling me at a young age that 13 was an unlucky number. So from that day on, I kind of wanted to prove them wrong and be like, 13 not an unlucky number. You can do great things in it. So it kind of just stuck from there. But yeah, it kind of started with Cynthia Cooper. And then from there, just kind of proving somebody wrong about my number choice. <laughs> well,
0: Cooper is somebody good to model anything after, especially playing awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. So this past WNBA season, of course, the whole talk across the WNBA was that Dallas drafted five rookies. Crazy, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> which had a whole different team, whole different face of it. How was it playing with five rookies, mm-hmm. five newcomers, and getting them used to the toughness of the league, or even just the business side of how everything ran in the WNBA?
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like our team gets um, younger and younger every year (laughs) the way we're set up, but I mean, they were great. A group of rookies, you know, they were always willing to learn and willing to listen to, you know, what the veteran players had to say. So they made our jobs kind of easy. So, and I mean, you know, we had two that just won a national championship. So they're fresh out of, you know, that championship form and knowing what it takes to get to the, the next step. And I think, just them being open to anything that we told them, you know, speaks volumes to the way that they've been brought up in college and, you know, the coaching staff that they've been under. But yeah, it was very fun to play with a group like that. You know, sometimes it's a lot of teaching moments, but at the same time, you know that they have the skill set to be in the position that they are. So it was, yeah, it was really good transition for them. And I'm, I'm happy at the way it turned out. Hopefully they can just carry that over into the next season.
0: Right. And you mentioned Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray, of course, coming from South Carolina. Alicia Gray, as we know, won the the Rookie of the Year Award. How have you seen her talent shine, like you said, from coming from South Carolina through the draft throughout the year? How has she progressed throughout last season? And how is your relationship as you being a WBA veteran to her being a rookie and just how the ceiling for her and the talent that you see for Alicia?
2: Yeah, I mean, she's definitely really, really well, Been doing really well uh, this last season. And you know, the, the, I guess the error, I'm an error, but that transition, that period that she had, you know, she, it was really smooth for her. So I think her just being, you know, at a high level in South Carolina, just kind of carrying that over and picking up from where she left off, you know, from those games. And then just being consistent throughout the season, you don't really see that a lot from Ricky. So I was kind of really impressed with the way that she carried herself, but I've always just tried to stay in her hair and, in her ear and try to give her confidence, you know, whenever some games you're not going to have good games, but, you know, you got to constantly be in their ear and kind of give them a, a, a voice that they know, you know is encouraging them throughout the game. So that's all I really tried to do for her. And she's had an amazing season. So I can't wait to see, you know, what next season holds for her and how she kind of translates into right now, just taking a break and working with school and then getting back into game, game flow again.
0: Even for your personal game, I mean, this past year, you recorded a new career high. You definitely seen some offensive improvement. You've always been great on the boards, always been great defensively, very solid, very athletic. What have you added to your game or what part of Dallas's system allowed for you to expand and really have a solid year this year?
2: Um, well, you know, like I said, I, I'm constantly working with my um, my husband, just training and doing stuff that I'm not comfortable with so that when the season does come about, you know, it's something that I'm more consistently thinking about as far as like offensive things, you know, normally I'm just like, I'm playing defense. I'm here to stop one person. I'm here to rebound, bring energy, but you know, sometimes you have to give more to your team. And I think over the years that's something I've gotten better at as time has gone on and just trying to work on different things in my games to be more consistent in. Um, And, you know, with coach Fred, he, he gives you the freedom to, you know, know when a good shot is a good shot. And know when to pass, and I think I kind of take that and I run with it. I don't force too many things. I just try to take what's given to me and you know help my teammates out in the same at the same token.
1: So let's transition a little bit since we are still talking about um, your team. When you signed with them originally, you were in Tulsa, and it was right when the transition happened into Dallas. Mm-hmm. So currently, we have the newly meant, the newly named Las Vegas Aces, formerly the Stars. And now the New York Liberty is in limbo. We don't know where they're going to end up, who's going to buy them, if they're going to stay in New York, if they're going to end up in another state.
2: Yeah.
1: So what was some of the challenges that you individually and as a team faced um, in trying to get acquainted with Dallas and build uh, a relationship with that community? And the second part of that question would be, what advice would you give to the ladies of the stars mm-hmm. now that they're making the transition into a new market that, doesn't even have like a major sports it's not really a sports city when you really think about it so they're going into a completely different territory so what would what what are some things that you had to face and what would you share with them
2: I think um just going in you know it's it's a new and a fresh situation so you can't really expect a lot of people to know about you from the beginning I think that's something that we kind of struggled with the first season but it's gotten better as the second season has gone on we've gotten an amazing fan base that you wouldn't you thought it was a packed house with the way that you know a lot of people come out there and their energy is so it's so good this year but last year you know we kind of struggled to kind of get that going but as we've gone out in the community more and they see our faces more and they hear our story a lot of people you know start wanting to come out a little bit more as well
1: i did come to your first game in dallas mm-hmm. i made the trip from new york and the energy in there you guys won that game too i think you guys You guys played the San Antonio Stars, actually, that first game. (laughs) And the energy in there was so crazy. Like, I could have swore, like, the building was shaking at this point. (laughs) I was like, yo, this this is the crowd. Like, they have the crowd. And I remember the most beautiful thing I saw was a bus full of Tulsa fans. Came from Tulsa. And, and that's came down in Dallas and they were like, We're going wherever they are. Like they were so it was like season ticket holders, I think, from the year yeah. prior or something. Mm-hmm. And they came down I thought that was great. Great off right in that moment. I was like, Okay, they're gonna be okay.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the thing that you think about too, is all those fans you build relationship with in the other location that you've been in. You know, a lot of those fans still keep in touch with us, you know, they'll message us on Facebook or anything and say, Good luck, we wish you guys were still here. So that's the sad part of the situation is the, the relationships you've built with your fan base, you know, where you came from before and, you know, still trying to, to encourage them to still be a fan of yours. Of course they are because they're just fans of, our, of the players. It's not really just you're in Tulsa and we're only going to be following you in Tulsa. So okay. I think that's the hardest part is just knowing that you don't have that same group of people that you always see. So you have to find a new kind of you know, group of people to follow you again and make it as special as it was when it was in Tulsa.
1: And what has that been like with the fan base on there?
2: No, I think it's been great. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that are always excited. You go out and you, you're you recognized now. They know who you are and they know where your team plays. And it's always exciting to to know that people are excited to come to your game. So I think the more that we get out and we, you know, reach a lot of the fan base that's actually in Dallas and try to pull some more people in. Because, you know, we play in Arlington so that crossover from the Mavs fan base and our fan base doesn't really connect at this at this point. but just trying to come out and reach a little bit more out of our you know, our location and just get as hmm. much people as we can to support. All
1: right, so I want to transition a little bit to free agency, which is coming up. Okay, mm-hmm. now you've done you've been down the free agency road before, mm-hmm. All right? So you're back at it again this year. You're ready to go, mm-hmm. but this year's free agency pool is loaded. Mm-hmm. A lot of amazing. Star-studded talent, deep talent. How would you move, if you are going to move differently, this free agency versus the one you were in previously, Mm -hmm. does the talent level affect how you make your decisions or how you negotiate certain things? And is there a particular city... (laughs) (laughs) part of this country that kind of, you know, that kind of has your eye a little bit,
2: Mm. you know. Uh, I mean, at the moment, I honestly, I told myself I wouldn't think about it until it opened up, free agency opened up. I just wanted to have like a clear I
1: mean, you got a couple of days, you can get a head start. That's
2: what I'm saying. I'm like, it's coming down to that point where you're like, okay, like I got to really start thinking about it, but I really just, I try to just focus on school right now and get all that stuff done, but I mean, I would like to just be somewhere that's warm. That's all I will say.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, okay. That narrows it down. Okay. Yeah. For, that's all I got for you right now. Warm. All right. Yeah. Most of this country is cold right now, but. I know, right? <laughs> that's another conversation. Warm.
0: It's about five teams we can rule out.
1: <laughs> right. Being yeah. on our side. She's not on the east. She's going west, south. All right. We got it. Thanks.
0: <laughs> so we're wrapping up. Of course we talked a lot about your WNBA career, but I went to UNC. Mm-hmm. So although I didn't know about you when I was in high oh, school
1: right now. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all have this part of the conversation, <laughs> okay? <laughs> 1000
0: wins, 1000 wins zombies. <laughs>
1: No, but um,
0: I also did. You know, of course, follow the ACC Duke women's basketball. Of course, when you were playing, and you had some very talented teammates while you were at Duke. Chelsea Gray, you all played together. She's now in the Sparks. Jasmine Thomas, she's now killing it up in Connecticut. Crystal Thomas, who is actually in D.C. doing a really good job. They're all now in the WNBA, all really successful. What's that Blue Devil family like when you take it to the next level?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's always great to see them because, you know, in the off season we don't really get to see each other a lot unless we're playing in the same country. So that's kind of our time to kind of catch up and just see how everything's been going with each other. And we all have pretty good relationship where we're able to just, you know, kind of catch up, whether it's before the game or after the game, you know, going out to grab something to eat or anything like that. But I know that all of us are so competitive. So when we do play against each other, you know, it's no taking anything off from one another. We're going to go at each other. But that's always fun too, because you know, you know that you know what they bring to the table, and you know what they're capable of. So I think it's a level of respect. But in the same token, it's a lot of love between all the players that have come out of Duke and just being able to see each other and you know bask in the moment or playing, but at the same time be on a competitive level as well. Do you all, or do
0: you in particular, keep in touch with Coach P too and the former players at Duke? I
2: actually just um, went to Duke the what yesterday yeah yesterday um because i'm doing the internship with georgia tech and they um took me on one of their trips so they played nc state yesterday so during the day i went to go see her and uh saw a couple of the players um sorry there but yeah i do keep up with her and it was good to see everybody campus has changed so much it's like i don't even recognize (laughs) the school that i went to at this point but it's always great to know, kind of reminisce on the past and just see where they're at now and how they're doing, and just catch up.
0: Yeah. So of course, I'm assuming you keep up with Duke women's basketball. Now they're now number 16 in the country, have a 12 and four, well, 13 and four record now. They just beat Wake Forest a couple minutes ago. What analysis do you have on how they're performing in the ACC? The ACC has gotten such a different shift in talent. Yeah even nationally, how far do you see them going around tournament time?
2: I see them doing pretty good. You know, they have a, a really good uh backcourt with um Lexi and um Becca and I think um Haley's coming along really well right now too. So it's been really good to to see how the team has changed over the years and just see the different players that come through and you know what's what Coach P is able to do with the team that she has. But the ACC, I think, is just so tough right now. It's, it's a totally different look than when I was in school. You know, we, half the teams that are in there, I, we never played against them. So I almost wish I could play during this time <laughs> with the ACC with the amount of competition that's going on and the, the caliber of players that are on other teams. So, I mean, I think the level of competition is definitely going to get them prepared for what they'll see down the road, you know, while they're just playing conference play right now. So you would want to face a Notre Dame? You would? Oh, I definitely would. would. This is my element, right?
0: I <laughs> don't know if would be up for that challenge. Um, and it's just the last question for you. Being, coming out of that program, which, you know, Coach B has been there for whew, a good amount of time, decades. What is her coach? What is her coaching legacy in Durham and at Duke? You know, a lot of people... Uh, tend to compare men's and women's. And of course, you know, you have coach Kate court, people think of Cameron Indoor, they think of Duke men's, but coach B has done a lot down there in Durham as well. What's her legacy and, you know, just how she coaches that has really left an imprint on you and some of her other former players.
2: Um, You know, I think just her being able to get the most out of her players, speaks volumes to, you know, a lot of people that have come out there come out from there and, you know, just the way that we're drafted as well. You know, I think we're up there with a lot of those schools that have a lot of draft picks and, being able to stick around in the league as well with those draft picks. So I think the players that she's, you know, she's coached kind of speak to the the level of intensity she brings when she's coaching and what she expects from her players and how we kind of carry that forward from college until now in our professional careers. So, I mean, you know, I I commend her for what she's doing and the, the level of play she's been able to keep up with over the years. And hopefully she just continue to do that. And, we can continue to see you know, Duke players coming out in the league and making an impact.
0: It's still go to hell Duke, but... <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> That's what we say That's part of our chant. Like It is go to hell
1: Duke. Oh my gosh! Carolina.
0: <laughs> yeah, she knows. <laughs> that
2: is vicious.
1: <laughs> That's
2: how I'll
0: say. I'll say else. They say something about Carolina too.
2: It's, it's they, we say go to hell Carolina too, but we say eat shit at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, this is worse. We can say all that.
1: It's so, so bad. <laughs> y'all take out. You know y'all college sports. Y'all, take, y'all mm, <laughs> Not me. I stay out of it. I don't stay play out of it. But before, but before we let you go, um, we like to get to know players off the court. Obviously, this is like a, a space where we like to have girl chat and talk and a very open space. So I want to get to know you a little bit more outside of what we see mm-hmm. and, on the court or through social media. So we love music here. We love pop culture. We're always talking about Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know, who are you currently listening to? And a question I have is the Grammys are coming up soon. So who are you... Out of the three people I'm about to name, who would you like to see take take home a Grammy? Bruno Mars, SZA, hmm. or Cardi B? I
2: think I have to go with Bruno Mars. Okay, I, just because the simple fact—I mean, I love his music, but. His concerts are on another level. Like, I think he has the best concerts out there. Like, every time I go, I'm always having a great time. So, I would say, I think I say Bruno Mars.
1: You say yeah. Bruno? Okay. I went to see
0: Bruno in Barclays a couple months ago. And when I tell you, did you see the 24k Magic Tour? Did you go? Uh, there was like an awkward pause in there. Like, it was just a weird intermission. Other than that,
2: uh-huh
0: whole thing was like everybody was dancing the entire time. Yeah,
2: it's like you're, just, you're you're up the whole time just dancing the music. It's yes. very interactive,
0: I think. energy is literally on 100.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see him. I did get to see Aunt Janet. Oh her. that was a moment. I <laughs> cried. I cried a little bit. I was excited. <laughs> right. Um yeah so who do you normally listen to? Like what 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 kind of music do you like? Um I mean I would normally
2: listen to Drake but uh since my family's from the island, I listen to a lot of reggae and soca. So what country? Um Dominica. They're from an island called Dominica.
1: Okay, no, I've heard of it. I'm Caribbean too, so I've heard of it. Really? Where are you where are you from? My parents are Haitian. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're all island babies here. That's why the that hence the warm weather that you're trying to choose yep. uh-huh. over <laughs> us East Coast teams. And I I I don't blame you. <laughs> 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 Don't blame you. I don't blame you. So what are you going to be doing in Dubai besides obviously working hard? Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to
2: see as much as I can see and experience as much as I can experience because I never imagined I'd go to Dubai, especially playing basketball. You know, it's something I wanted to do down the line. But when the opportunity came up, I was like, yeah, you got to go <laughs> and see Dubai <laughs> and play in Dubai. So I'm just excited for the experience and just to
1: soak it all in. One person that we interviewed recent, uh, our first interviewee was Ros Gold, mm-hmm. and she went and she said it looks like the Jetson, like the city of the Jetsons, like it's just like the futuristic looking. Really? <laughs> bit. yeah, so when you get back to the states, we'll be sure to follow up with you and see how it was, <laughs> how that was. All right, <laughs> for but sure. Thank you, so much, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you taking your time out um, to talk to us and a little bit and you are always welcome to come on here and talk anytime and we'll love to have you back again at some point in the future thanks for having me <laughs> and good looking <luck> <laughs> to thanks
0: tell everybody where they can reach you on social media instagram twitter facebook whatever you got drop your handles
2: um my handle for instagram and twitter is the same as at remacy 13 and you can find me i don't even know what my facebook name is Actually, because it's not Karima Christmas. So maybe it's Rima C too. <laughs> I
0: don't know. <laughs> it's not
1: Christmas-Keylon
0: Kelly. You didn't put that I into
1: it, that? it. Facebook wouldn't let me do it. So I gave up. <laughs> they said it was an error. <laughs> that wasn't an error Facebook. That was meant to be. God, it right? was. <laughs> Change my name. <laughs> so that wraps up this episode of the W Podcast. Oh, wait. One last thing before you go, we always pick a song to play at the end of every episode. So, we always give our guests the honors of picking a song to go out to. So whatever song you want, it could be something you're listening to now, your favorite song ever doesn't matter. What song would you like to be the outro song?
2: Drake, Controller.
0: <laughs> okay, sounds good. Eight hey, pause pause said you are a true
2: island girl. I know, but they will not understand some of the songs I give out.
1: <laughs> no, say what? Hold on, let me look it up. What song? What song do you really want? <laughs> that, Pump me up by Christopher. Is it PG? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, island music definitely ain't right.
0: I just gotta double check to be sure.
1: By Christopher. Crossfire. Crossfire. I said Christopher Jesus. What kind of island person am I? All right, I got it. I made a note of it. So that's what everyone will be hearing in the next couple of minutes when we wrap up.
0: <laughs> As always, thank you to follow us on Twitter at the W Podcast underscore or on Instagram at the W Podcast. Um, feel free to reach out to us at the W Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always listen on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. That's all we have. Again, thank you, Karima Christmas Kelly, for coming on and gracing our podcast. And like she said, we would love to have you anytime. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, everybody.
1: Bye, y'all. Oh, gosh. I'm going